Hi, everyone. It's good to see you all. Do you know, yesterday when I was practicing this, it was raining so badly, and I thought it would carry on for today, and I was going to say, oh, it's so good to see you, even though the weather's so bad, but it's lovely outside, isn't it? It's, it's still lovely, right, because this morning it was sunny. Is it still blue sky outside? Yeah, brilliant. Well, anyway, hello. I hope you've had a really good weekend so far. I've had a good weekend. But I have to be honest with you, I had a really bad week. I felt quite down. I felt like my, um, my self-esteem, my confidence was like really low, really low. And I just felt just awful. And the interesting thing is that two weeks ago, Chris, he came up to me, Chris Lane, and he said, I just feel I need to tell you that God wants you to know that he hasn't abandoned you. And I received what he said, but I took it for granted when he told me this. And then this week, I was walking down the road, and I just said out to God, Why, where are you, God? And then he just reminded me that what Chris said, you know, that he hasn't abandoned me. And so I was holding on to that in faith. I was holding on. And then on Wednesday, I woke up feeling really down. And then I prayed. And has anyone here prayed when you don't feel it? When you pray, you don't feel it, but you're just hanging in there in faith. Has that happened to anyone? Yeah? So that happened to me. I prayed about eight-something in the morning. And then I decided to turn on the TV. And I put on GMTV on, um, yeah, on the channel. And um, what I'm about to say to you, I do not have any political agenda. I'm just talking about a human being because this person's a human. And so I saw that Theresa May was about to make a statement. And um, I then learned that in hours away that she was going to find out what her party thought of her, if they had confidence in her or not. And I just thought to myself, wow, here I am battling with one mind, my mind, just, you know, I'm just battling with, the, um, you know, my confidence. And yet, there's going to be so many people who are going to say, yes, they have confidence in her, or no, they don't have confidence. And I just thought, wow, I don't know how she's going to do this. I don't know how she's going to take it on. And then I saw on GMTV, you got people in the studio just being so negative and just saying, I hope she, you know, I hope she steps down. And then you had like Alan Sugar and he was saying something and he was saying something really negative. And as he was going on, all of a sudden you saw Theresa May like step out of 10 Downing Street and she was about to say something. And everyone in the studio was like, shh, 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 shh. what's she going to say, what's she going to say? And she stood there, and again, I have no political agenda, all right? So she stood up, and one of the things she said was that she has been a, um, a member of the Conservative Party for 40 years, and she just reeled out all the things she's done in the party. And though people don't have confidence in her, she stood there having confidence in herself. And it struck a chord with me. I started to think, you know what, even though I feel like I want to sink, I want to go under, I've got to like just stand in the confidence of God. I've got to stand in the confidence that I'm a Christian, I'm a believer in Christ. God is my Father, and I've got to stand in Him. I've got to stand, and I've got to stand in the experience that I've had. I've met, I've encountered my Father, and even though I feel accused by the enemy, I'm going to stand in God's power and His presence. And so she then said, you know, she's not going to go anywhere. And she came off, 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 off you know, she went back into uh, number 10. And it just really empowered me, as, just as a human being, it empowered me for my own walk. And so I just want to encourage you, is anyone, if anyone's here that is just feeling a bit wobbly, and they just feel like, you know, they, they feel like they are rubbish, I just want to encourage you to just stand in 
who you are in God's. Stand in God's presence. Stand in who you are because you are amazing in him. And even if you feel like the, the enemy is just saying, just bringing up all sorts of things, you just stand in God's truth and who you are in God's. And if you are a visitor and you don't have that, you don't have that relationship, but you see people around you who've got that confidence, just say to God, God, reveal yourself to me. Help me to trust you, to know you, that I can be confident in you. So I just wanted to share that because maybe Somebody here may need to hear that. Now, that is not my preach at all. I'm going to now talk about what I'm going to talk about today. But just to lighten the mood, when I was watching this, my daughter, she really wanted her breakfast. She wanted some Rice Krispies, and she kept on going on about it. And then she heard Theresa May talk about Brexit. And she goes, look, Mom, she wants her breakfast. And I said, (laughs) no, love, she's not talking about breakfast. She's talking about something called Brexit, you know. She's only three, bless her. So anyway, yes, I brought brought the mood back up. So I'm going to be carrying on. This is week three on the series, God Moved in the Neighborhoods. And the wonderful Wendy, she introduced this um, series two weeks ago. And then last week we had Chris talk about the glory. He did such an amazing job talking about the glory coming into the neighborhoods. And it's so great that Chris, he asked everybody on the team to just talk about the same verse and just share what they feel about it. And so I'm just going to read the whole passage to you. So it's in John 1:14 from the message version and it's the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind's glory, like father, like son, generous inside out, true from start to finish. And so for me, the bit that gets me really excited is the first sentence, and that is what I'm going to be talking on today. So I'm just going to say a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love, and I just ask you to please, can you speak to us today? Please reveal what you want us to know. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I'm going to just read that one sentence. So it's, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. And I'm just going to just go bit by bit. So the first bit I want to look at is the words, the word. And we're told that the word is Jesus, yeah? But you know what? When you go on a little bit more, it says the word became flesh and blood. So when he became flesh and blood, he was Jesus, but he's still the word, right? So what was the word before he became Jesus? Almost like, what was Jesus before he became Jesus? Well, what we can do is have a look at John 1, 1. And the word here is, um, the, what it is translated from the Greek is logos. And that's where we get the word, um, I've forgotten the word now here, sorry. Um, logos, logic, that's it. We've got logic. That's where we get logic from, logos. And so this word means it's God's divine expression. It's God's divine expression. So let's have a look at John 1, 1. It says, in the beginning was the word. So in the beginning was God's divine expression. And we're not saying that in the very beginning was God because God stands outside of time. He's eternal. So there's no beginning with God, so he was always there. But in the beginning of this world was God, um, God's divine expression. 
And that divine expression, the word, was with God. Now, the great thing about God's thoughts, because God's divine expression is his commands, his communication, his plan. And the great thing about God's thoughts is not like ours, where we just think about it and then we can execute it with our hands or if we tell somebody about it. The great thing about God's expression is that it manifests, it comes out and it comes into life and it just manifests in front of him and that it creates things and it does things and he's just thinking it and it's out there. That is the greatness of God. If you've seen Iron Man, you'll see that when Tony Stark is in his studio and he's talking to his computer, he's got his, his thoughts and they're out just right in front of him and he can like swipe and move things along, he can like zoom in and he's got his thoughts there. But God, his thoughts are out there and even better than Tony Stark. And it's just manifesting and doing things and coming up and speaking and doing all sorts of things. So the word was with God and the word was God. If you are an artist, you will have the concept, you will have the vision, you will hire people like technicians to do your art. And even though they will use their hands, it's still the artist's piece. So you've got this famous artist who's called Anish Kapoor, and he's a famous sculptor, does amazing, amazing sculptures, and yet he doesn't even touch it. He doesn't even touch the sculpture at all. He gets the material, he'll pay for the material, he'll pay for the technicians, he'll tell them what to do, and it's an Anish Kapoor, because it's his vision, it's his work. And it's like God, so God's divine expression, moving and doing things, and of course, it's him. So, and the word was God, as it says at the end. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then, going back to John 1, chapter four, um, verse 14, it said, the word became flesh and blood. And so God's divine expression got wrapped up in flesh. It's a bit like a company when they have a product and they brand it and they package it so that their consumers will be able to connect with it and feel it and get it. And this is what he did. He then wrapped up his divine expression in flesh and blood and became human, which is Jesus. And then we learn that the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhoods. He moved into the neighborhood. He became a resident in the neighborhoods. And I love what Chris said last week when he talked about how God had to empty himself to come into the neighborhoods. Because if we really actually had an ounce of God's glory here, we would just blow up because he's just so powerful. If we were near the sun, we know that we were combust. And yet, God is more powerful than the sun. God is more powerful than any of the stars. The sun, the stars have to bow down to God. And yet, if we were near the sun, we would blow up. So God had to empty himself in order to become a baby and to be able to move into the neighborhoods. Now, I'm from South London. Who knows South London? Anyone from South London here? Okay, got one hand there. I'm from a place called Croydon. Who knows Croydon? 
Yeah. Okay. In the first service, some people were like, yeah, I know Croydon. But anyway, Croydon's the place. It's not like St. Albans. It's not like you could say, you know what, let's go to Croydon for a nice day trip. It's not like Croydon. It's not like Cambridge. It's not like Oxford. You probably would go to Croydon if, you know, you lived in the town and you wouldn't go to the shopping centre or you need to go to the home office, yeah? And so Croydon is not... A, an amazing destination. And so I am from, and I can think I can say that because I'm from there, but I'm from this little place in Croydon. It's called Thornton Heath. And um, it's, quite, it's quite the hood, yeah? And I remember like about a year or so, I was wearing this leather jacket with a massive leather hoodie. And I said to my husband, I had it up, you know, had this hoodie on. I said, do you think I look a bit hood if I went out in town? And he goes, Denise, you are hood. You are the hood, Denise. Don't worry about it. But anyway, I'm from Fulton Heath. I'm from the hood. And when I was five, we had two very important visitors. We had Prince Charles and we had Princess Diana come and visit Fulton Heath, would you believe? And um, the reason why they came was that there was a community centre there and they had like a really good um, youth programme. It was really progressive and so they, they came to visit it. And the people were so excited. They felt so special that, you know, that they came, royalty were coming to Thornton Heath. And people connected with them and they connected with people in Thornton Heath. And people felt like they belonged to them and that, you know, that Prince Charles and Princess Diana belonged to them too. So there was that connection. And you know what? After an hour, they left. They went back to where, you know, Kensington Palace, they went back. But the thing is, God, he moved into the neighborhood. He didn't just be there for an hour. He moved. He became a resident. And the thing is, when you become a resident of somewhere, you are affected by the environment, and the environment is affected by you as well. God came in, and he moved into the neighborhood. And the thing about the neighborhoods, because when I look at this picture here and you see all those houses, it looks really peaceful. But obviously there's people in there. And the thing about the neighborhood, it's so diverse. You've got people with different ideas and thoughts and experiences, and it's just amazing. But also the neighborhood is messy. It is messy because you've got people with lots of issues and they're experiencing things and they're all connecting together and things will happen. Two weeks ago, I heard a quote which I'm going to really think about and mull over in 2019. And that was, your perception affects your connection. Your perception affects your connection. And so in the neighborhoods, people will perceive all sorts of things because of what's happened to them and where they're at. And because of that, it's going to affect how they connect with each other. It's going to cause problems, friction, all sorts of things. The neighborhood is messy. And yet God moved in. He became a resident into the neighborhoods became a resident. Now there's this program called Undercover Boss and it comes on on Channel 4 in the morning so maybe some of you have not seen it at all. And if you don't know about this program, it's about a CEO who will be in disguise and act like an employee of the, his company, his or her company. And so for example, if a CEO of a restaurant chain, he, he or she will go and dress up, put a wig on 
and pretend that they are becoming an employee of this company. And so they will say to the employees, hi, I'm making a reality TV about me just training and, and being a part of this company. And so when they do this, they get to find out what's really going on. And then also the employees will, will, will just, you know, will share the problems of what's going on, because they, obviously they don't know it's the CEO. And then this, this person will then start to learn about the employees and find out what's going on in their lives. And some of them have got really, a lot of bad things happening for them, like they might, you know, this might be their third job, and they might have a child in hospital, and they've got to pay the hospital bills, and then you might have to, they may have quit um, studying so that they can just make money, and there's all sorts of things going on. And at the end of the program, the CEO will then sit the employee down and say, you know what, I'm not that person you thought I was, and he takes off his wig, or, you know, her wig, and goes, I'm the CEO, and they're like, oh! Oh my goodness, I just told you how bad this place is, you know. And then, and, then, and then he says, you know what, I've seen your pain, I've seen what you go through, and you know what, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to pay for this to happen for you, I'm going to raise you up, I'm going to send your kids to Disneyland. There's all these things that happen, and you, there's always tears, and, and it's just amazing. And it's, it's a bit like God, you see, God is like that undercover boss, a bit like that undercover boss where he came down and he went on to ground level and he saw what was going on and people connected with him because he was in human form. He was in human form. And that is what I wanted to share with you today, that what I'm excited about with this passage is that the word became flesh and blood. God became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood so that we could relate to him. Because he loves us so much and he wants a relationship with us that he just wanted to relate to us. And so he came like us, he became like us. So before I go, I wanna just share three ways that God moved into the neighborhood and enabled us to relate to him. And the first thing is that God moved into the neighborhood so that we could relate to him as our savior. You see, the neighborhood, the neighborhood is under law. And that law is that if you are obedient, if you obey God, you will have eternal life. But if you disobey God, there is death. But the problem is, is that we can't even keep this law. Because of our, our situation, because we were born into disobedience, we were born into sin, we can't even keep the law of the neighborhood. We are destined to fail. And so Jesus came, and because he was so perfect, he didn't sin, he kept the law, he kept it. And then he paid the penalty of the law. He paid it so that we didn't have to pay it. It's a bit like if you're at a restaurant and you've been at this restaurant all your life and you've just put all the food and the drink on a tab, on a tab, all your life. And then one day the waiter comes over and says, hey, guess what? The bill is like, I don't know, 50 million pounds. And you're like, what? I can't pay that. And they're like, well, you have to. If you don't, well, you know, you're going to have to go to jail or you're going to be executed. And then Jesus just comes and says, it's all right. I pay for it. You just carry on. In fact, carry on eating. Just keep going. I'm paying for it. He paid the penalty of the law of the neighborhood. So he came as our savior. And also, not just for uh, you know, the, the price of sin. Every day we can go to God, we can go to Jesus, and he's our savior. He will save us 
from all the things that we are doing. If we're in a situation, if we're in mess, he can just save us. We can just call on him every minute of the day. Help me, God. Help me, Jesus. Help me. Or every hour, whenever, we can just be saved by him. As I said to you this week, I had a bad week and I just felt like I was in sinking sand and all I kept on saying is, Jesus, please help me. And I just, I felt I was in that sand sinking, but my hand was up and I was just like, you know, hold on to me, Jesus. And that's what I was like. He's my savior. He came so that we could relate to him as our savior. The second thing is that God moved into the neighborhood so that we could relate to him as our God. Now, as I said about how the neighborhood is so messy, the neighborhood has needs. People need money. People need food. People need love. People need security. People just need a hug. People have needs. And so he came so that we can relate to him as our God. I was at Rise on Wednesday, two weeks, speaking about boundaries in friendships. And when I was studying it, I looked at boundary, boundary conflicts, and um, I really found that quite interesting. And so I learned about how you can be someone who allows people to cross your boundaries, to come in and just walk all over your boundary, and you're a compliant. You just do what other people want um, to do. And then you've got someone who actually will cross people's boundaries and we would try and knock them down. And they would do that as a controller and they can do it as a manipulative controller. Or they can get really irritated if somebody puts a boundary down and they're an aggressive controller. And so when I looked at these boundary conflicts, I thought, you know what I just see here? I just see so much fear, so much fear. Because in terms of a friendship, you just want to connect with someone. And you might just be afraid, and you allow someone to cross your boundary, or you actually cross somebody else's, because you just want to connect. But then when I thought about how there's so much fear here, I thought of the verse, perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Which should be up on the screen, on 1 John 4, 18. Because if we actually accept God's perfect love, you see, because we have needs and we lean into people, we go to people, we make people our God, and we lean into people so that they fulfill our need. But the truth is, is that if we actually lean into God and we accept his perfect love, then it doesn't matter if we put up a boundary. If we put up a boundary and someone gets ticked off about it, then you know what? Because we're finding our love from God, if they don't want to know us anymore, then it doesn't matter, we put up a boundary. And then also, if we're someone that crosses people's boundaries and they put it up, we won't have to fear that rejection that they've put up a boundary because we're leaning into God, not trying to lean in onto the person and get what we need from that person. So God moved into the neighborhood so that we can relate to him as our God. We can connect to him and get everything we need as our God. And then the last thing, is that God moved into the neighborhood so that we could relate to him as our friends. 
as our friends. In 2016 and 2017, I felt really lonely. I felt so lonely that it panged at times. Now, before you start thinking, oh gosh, you know, she hasn't got any friends. I do have friends. It's just that I don't see them that much because they live kind of far. Some of them live in St. Albans. I live in Hartford. But I just wanted to do life with some people. I really wanted to do life with people where I could see them like two times a, a, a week or something and, you know, just have a cup of tea with a, another mum because I'm a stay-at-home, a full-time stay-at-home mum. And so I just remember like dropping my son off from school and just praying and saying, God, please, can I just have a friend? I just want a friend. And after a while, he said to me, you know what? I'll be your friend. I'll be your friend. And I was thinking, okay, all right then. And it's so amazing that the word became flesh and blood, that it became human form, because just imagine if he wasn't. I mean, I could just relate to Jesus as a human. If he wasn't human, it would be like this ball of fire going, I'll be your friend, you know, like that. And so it was just so cool that I was thinking of him as a human. And so I would just walk down the road and I would just talk to him. And if anyone was on the other side of the road, they would have thought I was crazy because I was literally just going, yeah, 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 I know, yeah. You know, just like, you know, talking to him. And then one day, I picked up my son from school, and he was crazy. I don't know why he was the way he was. He was just going mad. And he had, like, this massive stick. He found a big old stick on the floor, and he was just, like, banging this tree and just going, like, just constantly. And I was like, Brody, stop it. Stop it, Brody. Stop it, Brody. Stop it, you know, and he wouldn't listen. And I just went, I just had enough. My daughter was in the pram, and she didn't want shoes on, and she was screaming, and I just thought, I can't handle this. I can't take this today. And then I just called on Jesus. I said, Jesus, you're my friend. Just be here with me. I just need a friend right now. And then he just came. I just visualized him. And I just saw him staring at me, just smiling, going, I love you. I absolutely love you. I love you so much, Denise. I absolutely adore you. You're amazing. You are amazing. And he was just standing in front of me. And I just remember just looking at him and just receiving his love, just receiving his love because he was just loving me. And I was just stood there. And I was just like in my own world with Jesus, just receiving his love. And my son, literally, he was just feral, like just holding a big stick and just going, ah, just like, you know, just trying to hit this tree. And I just left him. And then afterwards, I just went, because I just wanted to rip his head off before. And I literally just went, come here, Brody, come here, give me a hug. And I just gave him a hug. And I just had that love, that love that I received from, from Jesus, I didn't be able to give it to, to my son. And then we just walked off. You see, God wants to be our friend. He loves us so much. He loves us so much. He came down onto our level so that we could relate to him, so that we could have a relationship. He is so besotted by you that he came down so that he can have an intimate relationship with you. He cares about you so much, so much. So I just would like us to all stand up because it's the end and I, if the band could also come up too, that would be really great. We're just gonna say a prayer. Because this is the time, it's nearly Christmas, and this is our opportunity to actually just, just remember that we've been given the greatest gift. I don't know about you, but I don't even know if I've got any presents. It's all about the kids. But I know that, you know, the, this is a time to just focus on the fact that I've been given the greatest gift, the greatest gift. 
My children are all about presence right now. And I just want them to know that, you know what, this is just a symbol to show you that we have been given the greatest gift, which is Jesus, because God loves us so much. So let's just pray right now. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. Thank you for everything that you do. Thank you that you want a relationship with us. Thank you that you want to communicate with us. You want to talk to us. And that you want us to trust you. And Lord, I just ask you to please, can you just help us deepen our relationship with you, Lord. Help us to just completely lean in on you, not on other things. Even though those things just seem shiny and there and seem more important, Lord. But help us to see that you are what's real rather than what's on in this world that you are more real, that you are more real than the clouds, you are more real than anything that we see here, Lord. And I just ask you, Lord, to please, can you just um, help people here who haven't got that relationship with you, who don't know you as a friend, who knows you as their God, as their saviour, Lord. I just pray that, you, pray that you will just make yourself clear to them, Lord, clear. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you that you are constantly staring at us, that you can't keep your eyes off us. You are besotted by us and you see everything and that you just want to be with us in every way. So thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.